going to do the story um, of Abraham today, and um, we're, we're learning in this series about um, God's blessing and what that means. And so I called the series, If You Feel Blessed, If You Feel Blessed. And there's a reason for that, because um, I could stand here all day long and quote statistics to you, facts, um, that you know, in a material sense, you're beyond blessed. You can compare yourself to people on the other side of the world. Um, you can compare yourself to people who lived um, a thousand years ago. You, you know, they talk about people who lived a thousand years ago. You didn't worry. You know, like, you know, kids, they get older and they make fun of younger kids. You have two siblings and one makes fun of the other one for not taking a shower enough. You know, you know these things. I mean, you know, years ago, you didn't, you didn't have to worry about that because nobody took a shower. <laughs> this is true, you know. And you didn't change your shirt because that was, that's the one you had. You just wore it, and everybody got used to the stench of each other or the wonderful whatever smell it was. And uh, that, that's true. So all, all I'm saying is you can, you can do the comparison thing however you want. But if you, as I was talking about early in the series for review, if you buy into the Lexus um, idea, which is, you know, you're only a monthly payment of $584 away from blessed, right? Where the snow will always fall softly upon you and there will always be a bow on your car. Then you buy into that and you compare yourself to the things you don't yet have and so you don't ever feel blessed. You feel like someday I'm going to be blessed. But it's beyond even the material things and the idea that I could compare you to people in, uh, in, in third world countries or much of the world lives less than $2 a day. That's their entire... Uh, but it's way deeper than that. Either you wake up in the morning and you feel blessed... Um, I could use other words, favored, fortunate, happy. As I started this series, and I think this is worth uh, just a little side note, I said this works even if you're an atheist. It really does. I mean, if you just went to see a great psychologist and said, let's leave God out of this, please, say, well, if you wake up every day and you feel favored, you're just going to have a better day. And most likely, you're just going to be a better person. But if you feel ripped off, the other day, I was driving down the freeway, and somebody just cut right in front of me. I know this has never happened to you, but I was dumbfounded. <laughs> right? But what's the immediate feeling that you have? Mwah, God bless you. Huh? I mean, the immediate feeling is you feel somehow ripped off, don't you? What, what, what is this guy cheating me out of 27 feet of concrete? I should be 27 feet ahead of where I am right now. Am I? When you start to do the math, it's really weird. But that doesn't change the strong emotion that first comes. No one, okay, okay. Anybody here have strong emotions that come? 
I mean, you're just like, man, this guy just really just got under my skin quickly. But what I'm saying is if you feel a certain way, you will act a certain, you will react. Now, hopefully we're mature enough that we quickly play over it and get on with our day. Some of you hold on to it for months. And, but if you feel blessed, if you feel. And so today I want to take you to a conversation. Uh, and the, um, I was talking to a friend the other day about how great the Bible is. Sometimes people don't understand it and they misread it and, and read the wrong things into it. But when you just start to get at what these stories were trying to scream at us, and we're going to read one today. Does anybody remember, like, did you grow up with old school cartoons like me, like Bugs Bunny? Like, what are these kids watching now? What in the world is this stuff? And there's all these, like, weird creatures going around and everything. I mean, just simple. Give me a little Bugs and Bunny. Anybody? Elmer Fudd? So I don't remember which cartoon it was, but it's very, very typical where you have the devil and the angel on the shoulders. Anybody remember these? And, uh, you know, it's trying to, in this ear is the devil, you know, and he's telling you all these bad things. And in this ear is the angel and telling you all these good things. Well, there's a reason for a lot of stories that are universal like that. And the reason is because they're universal. Because in some sense, all of us understand that story. And if I can say so, I think what we struggle with is not the, the devil and the angel on our shoulder as much as the two voices in our head competing, telling you something. Listen, one, saying it's terrible, it's no good, it's not going to work out, life sucks, you got ripped off, get even, and the other voice saying, it's okay. You'll get through this. This will work out okay. God's still for you. Story. Um, we've been reading the story of Abraham, if I can, uh, Genesis 15. Um, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Um, don't be afraid, Abram. So you can just, you know, fear. A lot of people will tell you this, this if I can just aside for a minute. Fear is like, they say, like one of the primal emotions, if you study this. So all the other things that sort of flow out negative in our life, usually if you trace them back, it's fear. Even anger. They say... Anger is a rollover emotion. Now, I never get angry, but for those of you that do, um, I can elaborate for a little bit. But they say it's a rollover emotion. What does that mean? It means it comes because of something else. And so we just get angry. We just lash out. But you, if, if you sat down with a great psychologist, they could just slowly, calmly help you trace it back. And and eight times out of ten, it would be fear that's driving the other negative. Are you with me? So this is important because he says, don't, don't be afraid. By the way, how many times is this in the Scripture? Right? They see Jesus. 
Don't be afraid. Don't fear. So God's, first of all, trying to move us away from fear. Negative things, bad news, all that stuff in our life. Oftentimes, you go back to the source, there's fear or there is faith. And, and, and I, I don't want to elaborate totally on faith this morning, but faith would be the opposite. And it would not be naive optimism, which doesn't really help anybody, but it would be this concrete sense that this is going somewhere good even if I don't know where it's going. Who's ever been in a spot in your life where you feel like, I have no idea where this is going? Hmm? You're like, pretty much 80% of my life. But, but it's this confidence that though I don't know, I believe it's going somewhere good. So you have this this word to Abram from God. And then the second verse it says, but Abram said. Right? But Abram said. So he comes back. Sovereign Lord, um, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit uh, my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. So he's, he's arguing back. He's like, yeah, but. And the reason that I'm bringing this into the mix today is because this is what we do. We have this internal conversation. Verse 3, Abram said, you have given me no children. Who's ever done the complaining thing to God? Huh? Verbally or otherwise? You're not doing this right. You're not doing this right. And I should be here by now. Right? This is way late into Abram's life. Um, and he says, uh, there's no one that's going to be my heir. And then, the, verse 4, the word of the Lord came to him. So he lets Abraham talk, and then Abraham follows up. With, um, and then God speaks again. And he took him outside, this is good, and said, look into the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And he said to them, so will your offspring be. And Abraham believed. Stop. And Abraham believed. A conversation. God speaks. Abram speaks, Abram speaks again, then God speaks. And if, you, if I would, we don't have time, you go through it, it's back and forth and back and forth. And the back and forth is important because that's what goes on right here. And there's the good voice, and then there's your negative voice going, no, 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 that's not right. That, but, but what I should have a child by, if that's true, then this should be happening by now. This, by the way, Genesis starts with Genesis 12, we've been reading over and over again, echoes Genesis 1, where it's dark, remember? It's dark, and then there's a voice. There's darkness, and then God said. And then God said. Right? So, in the, in the Genesis, or in the Abram story, it's it's barrenness, childlessness, and then God speaks. It's always God speaking into the emptiness, the darkness. 
the dead end. I'm not... You say, well, well Chris, but if, but if someone was an atheist, well, what voice would they hear? Well, this is, this is so important. Because everybody, everybody here, if you think about your own thought life, your mind's just working. You can call them what you want to call them inside your head, but they're voices. They're telling you something. This is a story. Ready? This is a story about telling yourself something better. At the end, he believed. What did he believe? Well, he believed the Lord. He believed the what? The negative voice? No, he believed the good voice. He believed the voice that said, this is, now think about it. If you're going to be emotionally healthy, if you're going to um, be a productive person in the world, if you're going to have your own sense of happiness, peace, you have to start listening to the right voice. This shoulder, this shoulder. Notice like how often we start talking to ourselves. One little thing happens. Anybody ever do this? And you get into your, a whole conversation with yourself about where this is going and why it happened and who's at fault and why. Has anybody done that? Oftentimes, one of the things that we do, this is important to note, we judge something too quickly. Abram gets called. He, he leaves. He goes into the uh, land of Canaan where he's supposed to go. As we talked about last week, the first thing that happens, the first thing that happens is there's a famine. And so he shows up in this place of promise, and the first thing he gets is a job uh, or joblessness. Why would God move me from here to here to just give me nothing? Are you, ready? Are you ready? So now he has to leave again and go down to Egypt. So if you judge the story there, which is what most of us do, this is terrible. Why would this happen? But you have to know more of the story. Do you know more of the story? He gets there into Egypt. He says there was a famine and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. And he was about to enter Egypt, and his, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, this is such a good story. When the Egyptians see you, um, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. So you say, you're my sister. So I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. I mean, you've done this, right, guys? You know what I mean? You get pulled over, and you're like, switch seats. Let your wife talk to the mean policeman. Huh? Who's ever seen a really grumpy guy at the return counter at Home Depot and sent your wife in there? Hi. Trust me, I always send Vicky. Right? Always. And, and I'm probably going to get a better result, right? So 
And what happens? Well, you know, to, to speed up the story, she ends up, she ends up in the, the household of the Pharaoh, and he's a part of, she's a part of his harem, and, and then all these bad things start happening to Pharaoh because of it, and, and quickly, he dumps a bunch of stuff on Abram and then returns him back home. He compounds his wealth immediately overnight. Bumps into this Pharaoh guy. In other words, a lot of times we judge something that's happening in our life too soon. God sends him here. There's nothing for him there. He ends up down here. It all seems accidental. But in the end, you realize, you know what? If I never would have got to Egypt, I never would have bumped into Pharaoh, who happens to be stupidly wealthy, who happened to just dump all this stuff in my lap. When you start to trace back, how did I get any opportunity? How did I get any? Sometimes it's complicated, and sometimes you really say, I, I really can't trace it to anything, but maybe favor or fortune or blessing. Abram, if he judged the situation too early, which is what a lot of us do, human nature, well, this isn't working right. We expect to show up and then we do the thing and then all, everything is waiting for us at the exact right time. But that's not how it happened. So the first thing I think we have to do is like pause. Ready? Suspend judgment. It's hard to do. Make a decision. Make a judgment. This is bad. This is... No, just, I don't know. Something happens in your life. I'm not sure. Quick, quick survey. Who here has changed your mind about something that happened in your life over the I mean, this is like so obvious like a thousand times right I thought this was horrible I thought this was going to be terrible I lost this job or got transferred to this school or and it's too early it's just too early to decide you just like there's something about this story that I just don't know yet so you just hold on I, I, I can't judge this yet Second thing is, you know, think about replacing words. So, like, I think I was telling you the other day, you know, when Charlie gets up from either a nap or, she, you know, when you pick her up, she, she has to grab something in her arms. Has to. Just a ah, blanket, you know, and a bunny. And then, you know, if she sees there's like a cloud, I don't know why, it's a wooden cloud. It's got metal spikes sticking out of it to hold pictures. She likes to grab the cloud. Right? And she has to hold it. And we're, we're implementing something that we've studied at high psychological levels called replacement therapy, which basically means <laughs> if you're going to get that out of her hand, you better have something else to put in there quick. <laughs> right? You better have something quick. If you're going to take one thing away, you better put something else in there. So this is important because we're telling ourselves things. How do I change that story in my head? I keep telling myself all these terrible things. You need a replacement. You just got to switch it. And, and so, think of this. Part of the story as it goes on, God comes to Abram and He changes His name. I don't want you to call yourself Abram anymore. 
I want you to call yourself Abraham, which means father of many. And this is before he has Isaac. What, what difference does that make? I think it makes a big difference. I think changing your vocabulary makes a big difference in your life. Think, listen. You, it's going to be really hard if you walk around saying negative things to yourself, about yourself, to your kids, to your family, to anybody. And it's always, it's going to be really hard for you to believe something different. You say, yeah, but I mean, like, grouch is just a part of our family. Our family, we're just grouchy. Okay. Well, maybe you can just replace a few words. Just change them out. Because like, we, we hold on tightly to grouch. All right. But maybe there's just one thing you can say. Start in the morning. It's a good day. Well, nothing's even happened yet. But why not say it's a good day? Why not start with it's a good day? Right? If you need to put some good, you know, Scripture verses on your refrigerator that help you buy that, then, then do that. You know, His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Wow. Another day. Say, will this really help? I believe it will help tremendously. You, you, you say things, and as you say them, right, you start saying them over and over and over again. And if you tell yourself a bad story, you're going to believe the bad story. But if you tell yourself a good story, eventually you're going to believe a better story. And so God changes his name. Now he has to go around and he has to introduce himself as Abraham, father of many. And that would do something to you, wouldn't it? I think what you say, what you talk about, right, starts to become a part of you, starts to filter its way into you. Well, I'm not doing that until something good happens. Then I think you're missing the point. I think you're missing the point. I mean, that's easy. Right? It's faith. It's a, it's a step. It's an act of faith. It's, it's believing this is going somewhere good. Nobody here could say, my life's always just lined up perfectly. But some people take an approach about their life. They say, I'm, I'm going to trust. I'm going to have faith that it's where he believed God, says. So here's the last thing. God takes him out into the night sky and shows him the stars. And he says, count them. Obviously, they're countless, and this is important. Because the two things that help you feel blessed, ready, are what, you're list- what voices you're listening to, what are you listening to, and what are you looking at. I want you to look at these stars. Now, as an aside, I think this is a great metaphor, but I think this is also, I mean, th- you could just do that. Right? You could literally just go out and look into the night sky. Because we tend to have one of two ways of understanding the universe. 
either the universe is abundant or it's scarce. And if you start to understand, like now, now scientists are telling us that the universe is expanding, which I, I just don't understand. Can, I just want to raise my hand when I read these articles and just go, but can I ask you a couple of questions about it's expanding? Does anybody else have any questions? Like you think of a balloon. If a balloon, this is our universe, if it's expanding, anybody with, is anybody with me? Do you know what the first question is? What the heck's right here? No one has that question? Do I have too much time on my hands? <laughs> what? I mean, for, the first thing that has to happen is it has to blow your mind. You have to blow a couple circuits. Stay with me. If you're ever going to appreciate God's grace, and you have to at least blow one or two circuits where you go, this is way bigger than me. This is way bigger than my understanding. This is way bigger than my finding out. Count the stars if you can, it says. You can't. You can't figure this out. This is bigger than you. This is bigger, bigger, bigger. Not only is it bigger, but it's getting bigger. But how? It's like, who's breathing into the balloon? In other words, the, the, you need something bigger than you. Does anybody know the, the Pinocchio story? Huh? Geppetto, he gets on his, he's on his knees, and he's looking at a what? A star. This, again, is a universal story. You need something higher, higher than you to inspire you, right? To speak to you, to call to you. If, if, if there were no other reasons, and there are more other, there are other reasons, but if there were no other reasons, then just for your own psychological well-being, you need to believe in God. It, it may, the, God, the way you understand God may change over time, which I think is healthy. Stay, stay, stay. I think it's healthy. We even did a whole series about uh, growing up and the way we understand God, right? From the old man with the beard and the lightning bolts and all that. To, but you need this in your life. Abraham needed that walk at night where he saw the stars and his column, if you can. In other words, it's implied you can't. And he goes, that's what your offspring will be. This is bigger than you've ever imagined. The problem is so often we're looking at the wrong stuff. Abraham wanted to keep looking at his age, looking what he had missed, look at what hadn't happened. It came out in his words. Now we've all done this. Huh? Who's ever gone, you point around to all your friends, all your woes, these are all my problems. You want to see them? You want to read the emails? Let me just show you, look at this, look at this, look at this. And who loves those conversations? <laughs> Honestly. I mean, you know, sometimes it's okay. Once in a while, I mean, you got to be there for a friend that's going through it. I get that. But if that's the, if that's the mantra of your life, you've got you to look at something different. And if you change what you're looking at and you start to look at the stars, you, you start to see God's abundance. You don't stress as much. This is what's so important. Is he going to run out of stars? Did you know, did you know you can like get a star named after you? What a racket that. 
I mean, what a genius that thought of that. Are you kidding me? I mean, at least get Mars because there's, I guess there's some chance somebody might end up there in some generation. This is, this is, huh? Please tell me no one's ever sent that guy a dollar. Please. <laughs> you can't name, you can't count. It's beyond. This is, this is so important. There's two ways to look. You can look here and go, this is not working. This is not... This. Or you can look here. And, and one way says scarce. The other says abundance. Over and over and over again in the Scripture, it's trying to get people to understand the abundance of God. Why? What does it do? First of all, it calms you down. I mean, some of you just need to calm down a little bit. I went to Costco the other uh, Oh, God. <laughs> Yesterday. I'm smarter than that. I'm smarter. The, honest to God, this is what I, I literally was saying this to just stay calm. In the parking lot, just stay calm. You're going to get in and you're, you're eventually most likely going to get out. <laughs> this is the truth. This is the truth. And I, I did good. I stayed calm finding a parking spot. Just take a long walk. You need exercise. Tell, you, anybody, tell yourself something good. Why, why go up and down and you know, turn signals and just I park way out. No problem. I'm good. I'm still good. God's honest truth. I go to the big part where all the carts are and you know, people started like hurrying a little bit to get a cart. And I noticed like, well, I might want that cart right there. Is anybody with me? I literally could feel my heart rate going up. It's true. I mean, I hadn't even got inside the store and I'm already in the game. And I got the cart and I cut in front of somebody and invited them to church. And then I kept going. Christmas at Orchard Grove. Is anybody, does anybody know what I'm talking about? You start buying into it. It's scarce. Honest to God, I, I took a mental note. There must have been 8,000 carts. I mean, there was no need to... There were, there, there were carts as far as the eye could see down this long corridor. But I was buying into it. Right? And then when you get inside, it just keeps going up. And, up. and, the, and the idea is, they're going to run out. They're going to run out of hams. Right? They're going to run out of... So I don't know how Costco's inventory is, but I'm pretty confident in the Creator's inventory. And if you get confident, you get calm. Think, think, think. If you get confident, you get calm. Just calm down. It's okay. There's plenty. Hmm? How many, are loving the, how many are loving the shopping online? Just bring it to my door. Huh? Huh? You see, some of the story is like, 
You remember, you remember Jesus comes into Jerusalem with the disciples and he says, we're going to prepare for the Passover. He goes, walk up there, you're going to find a guy with a donkey and this and that, and he's going to have a room and a place all set for you. Delivery service. How many are into delivery service, right? There's two ways to think about it. Scarce or abundant. And scarce will get you panicked. It will get you worried. It'll get you upset. It'll get you angry because you'll start throwing elbows and words and because you'll think, no, no, this person's getting it, so I'm not. Last thing, so Charlie seems to like things that she thinks we want. Does that make sense? So I literally, I have like, I have like four remote controls, right? Three of them are dummy remotes because I'm always just trying to give her a remote because she wants the one that works. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And like we're trying to watch, and, and even if it's a show for her, which, you know, it normally, it generally is, she wants to punch the remote and then she changes the Sesame Street to something else and then she's mad because it's not Sesame Street. But she wants the remote. She wants the control. So I have all these dummy remotes and I try to switch them and put them in her hands because she starts to panic. Ah! And she wants something. How do they learn it so young? Because you want it. Do you know what we're killing ourselves over? We're panicked out of scarcity. We want something because somebody else has it or wants it. And if you could just stop for a minute, just stop and just go, man, what a killer remote I have. Huh? What a blessed life I have. Doesn't say perfect. Doesn't that, that, that's not even on the table. But blessed. What a way, not only to start your day, what a way to start the season here. Man, am I blessed. Hmm? And you start to feel it. You start to look at things differently. It becomes easier. And this is, what I, this is what I believe. I'm going to talk about this a little bit. But it just starts to become easier. So just stay with me, the close. The first ones can be hard. If you've always told yourself negative things, saying a different thing can be challenging early. Because we just don't change that easy. That's just true. Right? So give yourself a break. Right? You're not going to turn into, uh, somebody told me to go see the Fred Rogers movie. You know, like, he's like, and I'm like, dear God. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I don't admire the guy, but like, I'm a million miles away from that dude. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, I can't, like, people talking about Joel, I can't watch Joel Osteen because I, I, he's way nicer than me. <laughs> Is anybody with me, what I'm saying? Like, Got to, who's got a little work to do? Okay, so, okay. That's okay. Just, just start. You know, just start. And it can be hard at first. My life's good. I'm blessed. You don't feel it. You don't go, go for a walk. Look at the stars. Look at something better. Different. Ready? What are you listening to? And what are you, what are you looking at? And if you start looking in a better place and you start listening to a better voice, then you'll believe. Then you believe. 
believe. I wish we could recapture what believe meant. Belief means I really believe. I, it's fine. If, if belief and calm are right next to each other, you're getting it. You hear me? If belief and confident are right, then you got it. If belief is like, well, I can prove there's a God and carry the why, and so that's so old and tired. But you just believe. I know that God's for me. And I don't understand everything that's happened, but it's going to work out. That's where you want to be. 